Hello and welcome to the Green Industry Podcast with Paul Jamison. This show is all about helping lawn care and landscape professionals take your business to the next level. Paul is the author of three best-selling books, including Cut That Grass and Make That Cash, and his brand new book, 101 Proven Ways to Increase Efficiency and Make More Money in Lawn Care. Now available on Audible and narrated by Mr. Producer. Here's your host, Paul Jamison. Hey, what's up, guys? Welcome to today's program. Your boy, Jason Creole, is going to be the host of today's podcast. This is part three of three. Uh, earlier in the week, we had part one and two air, and uh, today's going to be a lot of fun. Jason's going to ask me about how I got to hang out with Julio Jones, the uh, Alabama star wide receiver. I think he plays, who's he play for now, Marty? The Buccaneers, Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Yeah, he's... Yeah, he's had some injuries, but uh, hopefully he can uh, finish his career well. He is quite the wide receiver. So Jason loves Alabama football, and I can tell he uh, he gets a kick out of this Julio Jones story I'm about to share. So before we get into part three with Jason Creel hosting the show and interviewing me, I want to say thank you to our friends at Rainbird for sponsoring today's episode. So Rainbird's really, really, really um, got some new technology to make our lives, our customers' lives easier with the Rainbird mobile app interface. It's so simple to use, and it's got built-in an ability to access it from anywhere in the world. What that means is your customer, you can put the Rainbird system in for your customer. They have the mobile app on their phone. And they are in Bora Bora. Is that where Corey Ballard's posting these pictures from, Marty? Hey, they could be in Bora Bora. I don't even know where that is. That, that's, that's, uh, I got to make a few more millions of dollars before I can be worrying about going to Bora Bora. But anyway, Corey's there. Your customer could be there and they could uh, access their uh, Rainbird irrigation system from anywhere in the whole wide world. Uh, There's real-time weather alerts uh, that delay irrigation if it's raining or windy or freezing temperatures. So you don't want to be, you know, driving down the road and it's pouring down rain like a monsoon and your customer's yard's being watered. Not not anymore, guys. We got Quick Pair technology, the Rainbird mobile app, and uh, this brand new uh, RC2 controller. Lots of great stuff going on at Rainbird, guys. Uh, More information is in today's show notes. Without further ado, I am going to switch roles and be the guest, and Jason Creole is going to be your host today, guys. It's going to be a lot of fun. Without further ado, here he is, Jason Creole, 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 Jason. Was this a three-hour special, or is this Yeah, I mean, we don't have to go three hours, but I was going to use it for multiple shows. Oh, multiple shows. That's fine. All right, well, why don't you, uh, one, I like to get a couple, one or two stories, Paul, and I know you probably heard these, but you got all these new people coming in your podcast, may not have heard those, and so... Uh, tell me about the time when you met Julio Jones, because you were when you were working in Atlanta. Now, and I know you've shared this multiple times, but you you got in with the defensive coordinator for the Atlanta Falcons, and then it's kind of like when you get in with a, a elite group like that. Sometimes they introduce you to other rich people who who and they might have a small circle of people they trust. And so, 
in that eventually Julio, he probably the most prominent player on the team. Him or Matt Ryan, one or one or the other, would have been the most well known player, I would imagine. Uh, and so, how did that go when you met Julio? Yeah, it was cool as a cucumber, Jason. You would have been uh, impressed because I wasn't impressed. I mean, I here's here's the whole story. You want you want the yeah that's started the origin, and we'll we'll get to hanging out with Julio Jones uh, with his uh, white Rolls Royce. He don't drive a Kia. <laughs> yeah, he, I, I told him, when he, Paul told me, I said, he has a, uh, you know, and for those who don't know anything about football, Julio Jones played uh, at Alabama, and he and he may end up being a Hall of Famer one day if he don't quit getting hurt so much. But uh, he played for the Falcons. It was unbelievable. But he owns a Kia dealership, or at least he did, in Tuscaloosa, He's Alabama. got one in Atlanta, too. There's big billboards everywhere. Yeah. Julio Jones Kia. Yeah, and then Paul broke the news to me he drives a Rolls Royce. I said, man, what's wrong with Kia? I thought he was rocking the Kia. Oh, man. So one day I'm out and uh, Robert's the guy working with me at the time. And he calls me and he, I was at the store and he was, he's like, hey, Paul. And I could, he knows never to call me. Just figure it out. Like I, I am uh, the, whatever the opposite of a micromanager is like, Dude, yeah, you do it and don't bother me unless unless there's an emergency. You're a player's coach. You just give it let the players love. Yeah, and ball. he and he knows that. So when I saw him calling me, I was like, this guy, this guy could fix any. You know, this is like mechanics that can take a duck, piece of duct tape and a yeah. screw. It up. This guy, that's this guy. He, he can do any. Like, dude, you just do whatever you got to do. You know, let me stay out of the way. So he's calling me. I'm like, this is an emergency. It's like, hello. And I could tell, I could tell the customers there. Cause like, Hey Paul, I mean, this is the guy, customer in a sale, you know, yeah. Hey Paul, um, you know, I'm like, he's like, I'm here with the neighbor. So I was like, I'll be right over. So I go over and what happened was the, the yard we're doing. And again, these guys are really, really rich. So the customers, the CFO of a company that you've all heard of. Okay. Imagine a company, everyone's knows the name. This guy's the CFO. So it makes big, big money. Yeah. So he's so rich that he bought a um, a, a home in this fancy country club. It's thir- you got to pay thirty grand just to join the golf course. You know what I mean? Now you can still got to pay, but that's just a that's just to get you the membership. You know what I mean? They got twenty seven holes. Um, it's called the TPC. They got one down in Sawgrass. And they have one up in Atlanta. I think they got one out in Scottsdale, Arizona. Really nice golf course. They have all these uh, million dollar homes around it. So this guy bought one of those just to go play golf. Uh, he doesn't even live in the state. He just goes there a few times a year to play golf. And anyway, he hired me as like a property management company. So I would take care of his yard. I'd take care of his house. And <clears throat> this was, a um, anyway, cool, cool situation. Well, because he was never there, I would do his yard first thing on Saturday morning because they weren't there. No, nobody wants, you know, mower blower going off at 8 a.m. on a Saturday morning, right? Well, little did I know his neighbor could hear us and, um, they weren't happy, but they never told me that. So they told my worker, like, hey, we're sick and tired you know, every Saturday morning, like clockwork, because we, we showed up at 8. There's a gate, so you can't get in till 8. So we'd be out there at 745. So when I say 8, probably like 803 by the time we parked and started, like clockwork, we were punctual. So every single Saturday morning, we get woken up by you guys. Blah, 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 blah. So this lady, you know, she lets me have it. So I said, I am so sorry, ma'am. I said, and I, I, I approached it with meekness and humility. I said, I am so sorry. I can't believe if someone woke me up and I, I said, listen, here's why we do it. They don't live here. They live in California. She's like, yeah, we knew that. She's like, well, sweetie, can you just come on a different time? You know what I mean? I said, absolutely. And I'm walking away and she's like, hey, one more thing. And she completely changed. 
she's like, you guys do really good work. <laughs> she's like, she's like, we watched you. Um, we did a sod job for the other neighbor, four pallets of zoysia, immaculate. Um, we did the whole other yard. We gutted it all, like literally just took it all out and started from scratch, put in plants, uh, zoysia, which is a grass we have down here, M made it look remarkable. She's like, man, you guys do great work. She's like, um, our guy's kind of flaky. Can you give me a quote? So it turned from her chewing me out to literally asking for a quote. So I give her a quote. We get the, we get the job. And I remember it, it, very casually, she says, we have guests over on the weekends for football weekends. And so I just figured they go to the Georgia Bulldogs game. This is what went through my mind. I was like, oh, they have guests in town for the football weekend. She called it football weekend. I thought it was weird. <clears throat> so I just assumed they go tailgating down in Athens, which is uh, where the Georgia Bulldogs play. That's just what I thought. So I was taking care of the yard for a long time. And one day her husband came out. He's usually not home. And he's standing there complimenting, man, you guys do great work. Keep it up. You know, blah, blah, blah. You know, thank you very much. Looking good. And I'm sitting there trying to small talk with them. I said, hey, what football team do you like? Because I knew that they had football weekends, thinking they go to the Georgia Bulldog game. And this guy just stared at me. He said, Atlanta Falcons. <laughs> and uh, he's, and I, I was like, well, I like the Cleveland Browns. He just stared at me just in, in, in unbelief. And then her, 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 um, his wife was like, he's the defensive coordinator. <laughs> oh man! <laughs> I had been so busy working. I just stopped following sports. It wasn't like, yeah. I don't know. Uh, I just was, my, you know how it is running a business. I used to follow that stuff. I just didn't know. And so I was like, oh, I'm so sorry. And he's like, oh, it's all right. You know, and, and was and that Dan Quinn? No, we, yeah, Dan Quinn was the head coach. Okay, okay. So, so um, this fellow's name's Richard Smith. He's the defensive coordinator. Okay. So short story long, I found out that piece of information and it made sense then. Everything made sense. So anyway, the next, uh, next season, that, that was towards the tail end of that season, the uh, 2015 season. The next season, they go to the Super Bowl, okay? So now they really start liking me. Uh, I'm doing a great job, and they call, you know, call me on Thanksgiving like uh, I'm, a, uh, I'm a son. After we get done, like, hey, when you get done, come on over and sit on the back porch with us. I'd sit on the back porch, and you know, we just sit there and talk, and they're grilling, and I, I like became a family friend. So uh, anyway, they're like, hey, you, you want to go to the games, uh, Falcons games? What do you do on Sundays? Oh, sure, I'll go. So uh, his wife, you know, they like to tailgate and, and, and drink alcohol and things of that nature. So the, the men, or not the men, but the, the Falcons, they stay at a hotel the night before the game because Atlanta traffic, you, you don't want to get stuck in traffic and miss the game. Matt Ryan's not here today because he's yeah. stuck on 285. You uh -huh. know what I mean? So the players don't actually drive to the games on Sundays. They actually stay at a hotel nearby and get bussed in. So then, anyway, how it worked out was I would drive his wife and her friends you know, they a little tailgating, they get, get, get a little pregame and in and whatnot. So I drive his Mercedes Benz down there. You, you get to the stadium and there's all these state troopers. They'll wave you in and they put a, a, a dog, uh, a dog will come and sniff your vehicle for who knows what. Then they wave you in and you park. So, so, um, you know, Julio Jones, girlfriend or whatever is, you know, park the Rolls Royce. There's, oh, there's, who drives that Rolls Royce? Oh, that's Julio's Rolls Royce. Oh, well, so I park, I park in the player's thing and you just walk and you're in the locker room it's pretty cool so anyway we, we would do that for the game so i got to meet you know the players and, and and a bunch of the other coaches i'll tell you the mike shanahan story in a in a in a second i'll get to julio jones so this is a playoffs now 
They either played the Seahawks or the Packers. Uh, so anyway, we go to the game. It's, it's after the game, and, and we're, we're in the parking garage, and I'm with his wife, and, and the you know people are around us. This would have been the Seahawks. Because after the other one, they, they won the NFC Championship. There was champagne, and we were going crazy in the parking garage. I was a designated driver, but it got rowdy down there. <clears throat> so I'm in the parking garage. I'm, I'm talking with his wife and the people around, and, and Coach Smith's like, ball over my trunk, will you? He, he, he is walking out of the locker room. And so I kind of look up, and he's, him and Julio Jones are walking together. You know what I mean? And I'm, I'm just trying to play. And they gave me a pep talk, like, never ask for an autograph, never act – just act like what they told me is act like you've been here before. Yeah. As they kept telling me, Paul, just, just act like you've been here before. Cause I'm, you know, Arthur blanks a billionaire, you know yeah. what I mean? And they would take me on the sidelines before the game. So I'd literally be standing down there and there's, you know, ludicrous, the rapper there's Arthur. These guys are, um, what's the guy's name? Usher, uh, uh celebrities are literally just mingling. You know what I mean? And yeah. people are like, whatever the cheerleaders are flirting with me. You know what I mean? Like it's, <laughs> I'm just hanging down there. So I, so I look up and I'm like, okay, there, that's Julio Jones. I'm just, I've been here before. I'm, I'm, I'm like pep talking myself. <laughs> Act like you've been here before. Act like you've been here before. So I like kind of got like a deer in headlights and coach Smith's like yelling. I'm like, come on, Paul, open my trunk. Oh yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm drinking the keys. And I'm like, <laughs> I open the trunk and, it, and him and Julio Jones are you're just sitting there. And, and if you remember the, the Falcon Super Bowl year, Julio Jones uh, hurt his ankle. He was limping like crazy. So they were basically like, Hey, how's your ankle or whatever. And ah, it hurts. You know what I mean? So I'm sitting there getting like inside baseball, literally from Julio Jones mouth. Cause the, the, the press, the, the Falcons were keeping it from the press that his ankle was jacked up, but it was, he's like, ah, it hurts like blah, blah, blah. And, and he's limping to his Rolls Royce. And, um, so anyway, I felt special cause I, I, I was just sitting there, but, um, yeah, I mean, they're just talking and I'm just standing there and it's no big deal. Give them a little head nod. Yeah. Just, just act like you're, you know, family or whatever. But what was crazy is, well, that, well, that's happening right over here. Uh, Mike Shanahan, he's the coach of the Denver Broncos, uh, pardon me, back in the day when they won two Super Bowls, I believe. So his son, Kyle Shanahan, he's the uh, offensive coordinator this season. Now he's the head coach for the 49ers. So <clears throat> Coach Smith's wife had a couple couple drinks. So she was she was in rare form. So I'm, I, I recognize Mike Shanahan as, a, you know, uh, I don't know if he's in the Hall of Fame. I'd imagine he's got to be. I don't know. But um, anyway, she, she she had a couple of drinks in her, and she, so she's sitting there, and, and Mike's standing right here, and I'm standing right here, and Renee's talking to him and me. She's like, you know Paul Jameson? How in the world Mike Shanigan <laughs> know who I am? She, 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 you know, she's like, oh, this is Paul Jameson? And he's looking at me like, who the heck are you? <laughs> and he puts his hand out, and, and, and she's making me sound like I'm – uh, supposed to be, you know, yeah. like he's supposed to know who I am. Yeah. And he puts his hand out. So nice to meet you, uh, Mike Shanahan. And I'm sitting here like, I know who you are. Yeah. And I was like, nice to meet you, Mike. And I give him a big old Paul handshake. Jameson. I said, <laughs> I don't even think I said that. He said, Mike Shanahan puts his hand out. I'm so starstruck. I said, I'm Paul. <laughs> I'm, like, uh, I'm Paul. I cut grass. Uh, <laughs> I cut her grass. <laughs> oh my gosh. But she made me sound like I'm some real estate oh, yeah. mogul in the Atlanta. Oh, do you, you know Paul Jameson? He's looking at who the heck is this guy? Yeah, I cut uh, grass and I'm also a uh, designated driver wearing. <laughs> Intoxicated. <laughs> I, uh, I, yeah, I, I'm a yard guy. But I did, she, she hyped me up so much, man. Yeah. Well, but uh, it was fun, man. They won the Super, or they won, they, they ain't blowing the Super Bowl. Yeah, they won yeah. the NFC Championship. So after that, 
the champagne bottles were going crazy. Yeah. It was it was a party in that parking garage. Well, Julio, he might have had a hurt ankle, but I remember he played unbelievable in the Super Bowl, but it, it wasn't enough. But you you said something about, uh, and then we're getting a little off topic here, but they uh, don't don't just act like you've been there and all that. And, but I remember one story where you said you you messed up and you asked somebody for a jersey. Yeah, it was something. the same lady. Okay, um, so and that didn't go well. No, because <clears throat> she this was before I had Jobber, and so. I was literally getting checks. <laughs> so um, she was like, hey, you know, come on in and I'll get your check or whatever. She's like, you know, give me, uh, she had a, a refrigerator with ice cream cones for my guys and Gatorades for my guys. So she'd load us up, you know, she'd give us like six waters and Gatorades and ice cream sandwich. They, the guys loved her. Um, she would, they were at the Indianapolis Colts down. They, she moved. But um, anyway, so I'm sitting in her sunroom and she's, hooking us up and she's writing the check. How much do I owe you again? You know, and, uh, I'm looking around the sunroom and there's a Matt Ryan Jersey autograph, Julio Jones Jersey autographed. And, and, and I'm talking, I don't want to exaggerate, but 25 of these things. Yeah. So I'm thinking, well, you know, she's got 20 of them, 25, 30. I don't, I mean, they're all over the place. I was like, you know, why don't I'm, I'm sure I can just take one. She's not going to care. So she's giving us Gatorades and waters and ice cream cones and nonchalant. How much are you again? You know, like she didn't even know what she pays for her yard yeah. type thing. And so I asked her, I said, Hey, you think I can get one of these jerseys? And it was like, everything changed. She's like, oh, it was just awkward. And, yeah. and I, I, I realized that was an, uh, well, I'll say like this, Jason, we have to serve people. And I, I got carried away because I got selfish and I, I want, and I wanted to give the Jersey to my cousin who's a Falcons fan, but I took my mind off being a servant. Yeah. And, and what exalted me with her family and getting me to meet Julio Jones was I was a servant. Yeah. I, and I served them. Their yard was perfect. I mean, it was immaculate. Yeah. Cause I served them. And as soon as I crossed over into being selfish and seeing, well, what could I get out of this? I get a Julio Jones autograph yeah. Jersey. It, so thankfully I recovered because I went back and, and, and humbled myself and became a servant again. Yeah. But, um, so you literally addressed that to her. You, 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 you No, I, I went out to my truck. I felt uncomfortable and I, I felt like kind of in my relationship with the Lord, I felt like he, he showed me directly, Paul, never do that again. Yeah. Literally like never do that ever again. You understand? <laughs> like, yes, sir. So it, it was more of a personal yeah. development moment. And I just went back to keeping my mouth shut. Um, she said something like, you know, you can go to the team store and get one. Yeah, <laughs> so she, yeah. she basically like, you know, we, we bought these from the team store because all they get, if Matt Ryan wants a jersey, well, I guess he could have his own one he wears. If you want to get a Julio Jones jersey, he's got to pay. He gets 30% off, but he's got to pay. Yeah. Matt Ryan and Julio Jones, they got to buy their own stuff. Um, not their own stuff, but the other players stuff. And they even have to buy their own tickets. Like yeah. they, people don't realize that. Um, the, the players and coaches, they can get a discount, but they, they buy their own stuff too. Yeah. Well, I, I get that point, but at the same time, I get it. They, they have, they're getting paid millions of dollars. They, they can afford a, an extra jersey, you know, but anyway. I think those defensive coordinators and stuff like that make about 800000 to a million a year. Well, now, I mean, now even the SEC coordinators are getting over multiple. I mean, some of them Venables get, some, was getting a million at, or more. Well, at, some uh, of them are getting Clemson. two million a year, I think. Just the coordinators getting yeah. two million. Saban just got uh, eleven million or something per year until he, he's eighty years old. He just signed another extension till he's even 80. if he's not a coach. Well, I mean, I guess coach? I guess if he quits, he won't get. I don't. know. They okay. might give it to him anyway. Well, they care. So wow. Anyway, but he he got uh, a lot of money. 
Ever wish you could monitor your vehicles, drivers, and equipment in live time to improve routes, enhance job site planning, and save your business money? Well, with GPS TrackIt, your wish is our command. When you integrate GPS TrackIt with your company vehicles, you get a 24-7 view of your vehicles, so you operate at crazy levels of efficiency. It's money-saving, peace of mind lawn and landscaping companies deserve. Ever wish every day was Donut Friday? Us too, but we can't help with that. Talk with one of our fleet advisors. No pressure, no hassle. Call 1-844-996-2518 or visit gpstrackit.com slash Paul to learn more. GPS Track It. Hey, you. Yeah, you. You're out there in the field mowing lawns, making money, working hard. But for every dollar you make, you're worried. Worried that you spend too much, worried that you won't make payroll, or worried you'll generate a big financial mistake. Simply put, you don't know your numbers. You're not alone. The Landscaping Bookkeeper has helped dozens of eager lawn care owners organize their numbers, learn the language of business, and build a solid financial foundation. Start your journey from simply earning money to creating a long-lasting source of income today by scheduling a free 15-minute phone call at thelandscapingbookkeeper.com. Don't forget to grab your ticket to attend Equip Expo in Louisville, Kentucky this October 18th through 21st. Use my name, Paul, and you'll save 50% off. The Equip Exposition is the event of the year for those who work in our line of work. There is no better trade show to test before you invest in new products, innovations, and even ideas for your business. You can talk to the teams behind the most useful machines, products and technology that we use daily and then test drive them for yourself in the nearly 30 acre outdoor demo yard with 25 plus education sessions two nights of free concerts and networking with thousands of pro landscapers this show is the future of your business register at equipexposition.com Hi, this is Jason with Lake Tap Landscaping. I used Paul's price increase letter this off-season in February. Sent it out to all my clients for a minimum 10% increase and was able to get 100% acceptance rate from all my lawn maintenance clients. It's a great decision to uh, raise your prices on a yearly basis. You can pick up the price increase letter at greenindustrypodcast.com. You got any other topics we're going to talk about? or? Um... Well, I, I want to know what you think about these these mean comments people are saying about us. Because I've been worried about you. Okay. Paul, it, it hurts me, and I can't imagine being Okay, here. so Paul, Paul brought up the topic about the, the Instagram post that Paul's um, putting out there, and, it's, and most of them are me cutting grass. And, and here's what people don't understand. The backdrop of it is we, we're mowing, like, really overgrown yards for free and we were trying to do that on youtube and it didn't didn't really go that well in my opinion but it did really good for paul on instagram and well when you get 10 million views on a video i mean you're you know not all 10 million of them are great human beings and so some of them want to just make comments that are ugly and all that but most of, i didn't i don't really look at them much to be honest with you but a lot of them i did see it's, it's kind of like 
uh, crooked lines or you know, one eye blue grass up in the shrubs and say, but people didn't understand the situation even on that. I can justify that. But it, the point being, one day we were trying to cut like seven of these nasty overgrown yards. Like, I mean, I'm in a hurry. We're not out there manicuring a yard that gets mowed weekly. I mean, you're talking about a yard ain't been cut in three months and you go out there, you're just trying to hack it down like you need know, a bush hog basically. But when people leave the ugly comments, they I don't know. I think I think you explained it well, talking about that there typically something going on with that person. And then you think about just the idea of casting your swine casting your pearls before swine. You know, it's like yeah. come on, man. You you're not gonna don't even enter into the argument because you're not gonna convince them. But and I if people think that I don't know, that that's like you said, people can be a lot more gracious in their criticism if it's constructive criticism then it's fine because i get the same comments you do where people say you know hey that was great uh, we love your channel but i think if you did this different it would be better you know i said oh that's fine i appreciate the feedback you know there's there's a lot different tone to it and it's pretty odd what bothers me is that people don't say stuff to your face like that and so they mm-hmm. they want to act all keyboard tough warrior on. yeah they want to act all that and of course they all mm-hmm. the only thing you can see about their profile is some initials on there with some made-up name they don't know nothing not that i'm going to go look them up and start hating on them but it's just very very childish and immature so i, I don't think we need to even waste our time yeah but it's, it's, it's good for me to have this conversation jason because there's very few people like yourself that publicly share your life. I mean, yeah. these guys you're talking about in the comments, user yeah. seven, six, one, five, four, five. Yeah. He's as bold as a lion, yeah. man. And yeah. You don't even know his That's name. Right. And, then, and then you don't even know if his face is his actual, like it yeah. could, he could be some fake or whatever. And they're courageous, man. Yeah. But you and me, like people know, uh, you know, we share our lives transparently open in the public, which there's pros and cons, but how, how have you handled, you know, you have 110 thousand youtube followers or subscribers one of my favorite responses is i'll have somebody and they will post i mean look like they spent an hour writing a a dissertation on on as a comment and it's just long lengthy stuff telling me i'm terrible or or great or what usually terrible when it's that long and uh, i'll sometimes i'll just hit reply and i'll just type okay and that's it i just say okay you know i don't even read what they said i just put okay so and i do that in some ways to just let them know i'm not even i'm not getting into your dialogue um or if it's terrible you just block them but um really i i've got to improve and, it, and it's hard. i'm not occasionally somebody writes something on there that gets to me just a little bit and i and it bothers me most time it doesn't because I, i'm able to view it with a little bit better perspective but i, I think honestly don't it's not that's not what i'm going to waste my time on I'm, I'm gonna introduce one more concept if we have time and it's yeah we it's, have plenty of time I, i'd like to uh, grab lunch when you want but okay uh, all right here's a concept paul and i want to i want to maybe we can wrap up on this topic and it's this word i've been hearing tossed around in certain circles lately and i kind of like it but it's the idea of margin okay so margin not margarine like fake butter but margin is in uh you can think of it financially, like what's your margins, like how much profit are you making? But I'm, I'm talking in, in different ways. So um, think of it as in capacity. Like if you have a, a pie that is your uh, time capacity and how much margin do you have in there? Is every If you say, well, I'm awake for uh, 16 hours a day and I'm going to eat and then I'm going to do, you know, so how much time outside of your job, how much margin do you have? Well, I think... 
Um, I want to get your thoughts on that, but also think about it mentally. How much mental margin do I have? Wow. And so if some of my margin, if, if I think, well, two hours a day, I'll scroll through my phone and, uh, and uh, for 45 minutes a day, I read ugly comments that people left up for me on Instagram and I comment back. So, you know, cause uh, you and I, we, we want to accomplish things in life. And I think most people do, though some people are not very driven, but you know, so like, I'm just thinking like, literally, what do I spend my day on? Cause I think a lot of times I get tired of hearing the excuse, honestly, and I've made it myself. No, no, many, no telling how many times that I'm, I'm so busy. And I, if I heard one person say I'm busy, you know, it's like, okay, you're busy. Everybody's busy. Like, we're all busy except for old people who don't have anything to do. And, but Busy doing what? You know, I mean, if you're saying I'm busy because I just really got to scroll through my phone for two hours a day. So I've, what I've tried to do, and, and this is going to look different for everybody, but like I don't set alarm clocks hardly ever because I don't really don't like them. But when I get up, like, you know, is it, am I going to lay there for 20 minutes and scroll through my phone, which sometimes I do, um, but I'm trying to just create better habits because I think the margin is there. You You have time, but... What happens is, like, I want to grow as a dad. I want to grow as a husband. I want to grow as a, a Christian. We have, have that in common. So there's, and, that, and all those things require time and effort and energy. And if my mind is so consumed with all these YouTube comments, and I'm not saying I don't get on there and reply, but if I let that consume my mind, guess what? Once you're, you're filling your 24 hours with something, and this was where it hit me the other day is when it, and it's very simple, but it just, I don't know why it hit me, but basically it comes down to this. You can't add to one area of your life without taking away from another area because the, the 24 hours is never going to be 25 hours. It's right. 24 hours. And so to sleep an extra hour means that you took away an hour of something else to, to spend more time on your phone or social media means that you took away an hour of something else. And so I'm trying to. Um, and, and I think the point being, when you get so busy and you commit to so many things, then you have very little margin left in your mind to think about things that you want to do or goals or other things you're trying to achieve, even outside of work, you know? So like I said, I, I honestly think I could probably learn two or three foreign languages if I set myself to it. I've got the margin. It's got to make it happen. So anyway, uh, that was a long uh, statement slash question, but have you, has that concept hit you of like priorities? People can get stuff done, but they got to make it a priority and then you might have to to work, rework some things. Yeah. And I think this smartphone that we have is, can be a huge blessing and it can be a gigantic distraction and a destiny destroyer. So what I've been trying to do is I actually bought a separate phone charger for this thing. And I have a, so I have my bed on this side of the bedroom. And then on that side over there, I have like a dresser where I have my clothes or whatnot. So I, I bought a phone charger to go into the plug over there and I keep my phone on that dresser. So I can't wake up and scroll. I'd have to walk across the room, grab my phone and then intentionally scroll. Cause mentally uh, we, we've been uh, programmed now. We just pick up our phone and scroll. It, it, we don't even know we're doing it. You just pick it up and you, ch- you check whatever you click your email, your Instagram or whatever. So I have to um, in the morning have a uh, margin in my, time before I open Instagram or email, because once I get the email, oh, I got and then next thing you know, I'm at my computer sending the file or whatever. So in my morning, I, I can't look at this phone until I, you know, get, and, and the church, 
I go to, we have an online um, prayer meeting in the mornings. Uh, we pray in the morning too, Jason. Oh, Jason I told Jason I'm going to a prayer meeting one night and uh, it's from 8 to 11 p.m. So, you know you can pray during the day too, Paul. You know they go. So this one's at, at every morning at 6.30 a.m. to, to 7.30, pardon me, 6.30 to 7 a.m. We have prayer. And then at 7 a.m., one of the pastors will come on and give like a morning devotional. So I try to be un, undivided in my attention for that 35, 40 minutes. And then after that, I usually feel released to, okay, I can pick up my phone now. And I'm not successful. Like sometimes you grab my phone, I'm just scroll. I mean, it's, it's a, it's a stronghold in my heart where this phone has, um, it, it has a hold over my emotions and my mental capacity or whatever. So the reason I shared the hack of putting it on the other side of the room, it's, it's forcing me to make that decision in the morning rather than my reflex are automatically picking it up and scrolling. Um, that makes sense. We got one more quick topic here. If, if yeah. we got time, I mean, you, uh, we got time. I just I, 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 at four o'clock. I want to leave so I can oh, beat, beat, beat home before oh, dark. Oh, we're good. All right. So here, here's the. We're gonna, mow, we're gonna mow that tall grass back there. too. Yeah, that's right. So uh, here's the other topic, real quick. <laughs> have you have you um, tried this before? Because sometimes what I think happens, and I forget the the name of this, but. Um, there, there's a there's a somebody leave it in a comment if there is a comment or whatever. But anyway, so there's a thing where basically you'll a person will take the amount of time that they're allotted to complete a task. So for instance, if I've got 20 yards to do today and I, I know I've got eight hours to do it in, I'm gonna probably take about eight hours to do it. If I had six hours to do the same 20 yards, I'd get it done in six hours. Because and again, I'm, I'm frustrated. I can't think of what that's called, but somebody probably knows what I'm talking about. Well. I've, and you find this all the time, even like in school, like people have, oh, I've got to get my paper done by tomorrow morning. And so they get it done. I mean, whatever it takes. Well, it's almost like if you set up those things for yourself. So I don't know if you try this, Paul, but like, let's say you're going to be podcasting. You say, all right, on Tuesday from nine till 12, I'm focused on podcasts. And you know, you got that three hours and you're going to get more done. Where if you say Tuesday's podcast day, I got all day, then you might not get much more done all day than you would have gotten in those three hours if you were like super focused on it. And the same could be true working out or something. You say, I ain't got but 20 minutes of workout. I'm going to go in here and, and get it done. Or, or I got all day, so I'm going to just get in here and goof off. So, uh, so and with lawn care, I think this really is relevant because honestly, at, at a certain point, unless you're like robot man, I mean, your energy level starts to go down. So, I mean, I find like if I get out there, if I've got everything ready the night before, I've got my, my truck ready, my everything's ready to go, invoices ready, and I get out there, let's, whatever time, if I'm doing commercial properties, I might get out there at six o'clock. If it's residential, it might be 8.30, but I'm focused and, and I can't, by one o'clock, man, I've just about conquered the world, where on other days, I'm, I'm just halfway focused Focus and, and by from three to five o'clock, maybe I catch a second win, or maybe I'm going so slow, it might as well just go home and try again tomorrow. You know. So, mm -hmm. um, have you found that you can organize your day in a way that sort of maximize productivity and keep your focus? Yeah, that's so good. And um, there was something I heard. I forget what podcast. I was listening to a podcast or audio book. I don't even remember what it was. So I, I don't. I can't credit who said it. <clears throat> but they're like. Uh, and, and I want to, let me share this first. And I'm going to share that. I know of a man who has his, uh, his year schedule, but it's broken down daily in 15 minute increments. So you could say Tuesday, 3 PM knows exactly where he's going to be, what he's going to be doing Wednesday, 7 PM, you know, Friday, 1 PM. And, and it's literally in 15 minute increments. 
I'll be doing this. I'll be doing that. And he has every day mapped out and he's like a pretty much 95% stick to it. You know, there's not an emergency. Maybe, maybe you get a flat tire. I mean, that'd be like, you know, really rare emergencies. Um, but most of us were not focused and prioritized and sticking to the action plan. I think the saying is if you plan to fail, pardon me, if you fail to plan, you plan to fail. Yeah. I think I heard that from you. Did you no, say on a YouTube nobody video? Nobody made Paul, that's, uh, all, that's, that's like, I heard you say that on YouTube Live, I thought. No, people say that all the time. Oh, that's I thought a, you made that. That's right. probably a thousand years old. But but back to this, this podcast slash audio, but I don't know where I heard this, but this guy said, and I remember when he said this, I wasn't going to the gym. And I, I had kind of let myself go because I was just lawn care every single day. And when I got done, I was exhausted. I mean, dog tired, there ain't no way I'm going to the gym. But in the morning, because of Atlanta, and, and this isn't what you should do, but I'd pick my guy up. So I'd drive downtown Atlanta and pick up Cheque um, before he got hit by the truck. But I used to have a guy working with me called Cheque. So I'd go down and I'd pick him up. And then we'd have to drive, you know, back up to the, um, you all right? Yeah. I was thinking he got hit by a truck. Yeah. Did he die? He's still alive, but he's in bad shape. Wow. You didn't know Cheque? I don't remember that. He's a way we got a story off air for you. (laughs) So, so anyway, but then we go to the storage unit, we get the stuff and then we'd be, you know, the neighborhood wouldn't open until 8am. So I just didn't see where, where do I have time to work out? I I don't, you know what I mean? I don't have time in the morning. Don't have time during the day. Don't have time in the evening. Well, technically I do, but I don't have energy. So this guy was saying, take a blank sheet of paper, take off all the limits. Don't, don't, don't think I'm doing this to have zero limits, zero limitations, zero, whatever. And he said, write down your dream day. If you could just dream of a day, what you would do time you woke up time, no limits. Don't say, Oh, I can't do that. That's a pop. Uh, so, 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 you know, write it down. So I put about eight thirty AM go to the gym. And, um, this was in 2014, 13. I don't know. This is, this is a long time ago, but it seemed impossible how am I going to, so anyway, I mapped out my, my day, my schedule. And then, um, once I had that plan, it didn't, it didn't happen in the first year or two, but it actually ended up happening where, um, I'm able to now go to the gym every single day. And so I say all that to say, I think we need a plan. Like what, what do we, what do we want our day to look like? And, and you know, like you said, I get my best work done before 1am. Well, then maybe stack work heavy in the morning, stack family time heavy in the afternoon or whatever. So, yeah. Well, um, I think we can accomplish a lot more if we're focused and we, and we save ourselves some energy. You know, I mean, even well, I care, it just makes sense to be active in the morning. It's not so hot, you know, in the right. summer, you get out there at four o'clock, you know, you go eat some huge buffet lunch and then get out there after that. I mean, forget about it. You're, dude, I don't see how you're going to be as, we're going to eat a big lunch today. Yeah. But I mean, you know, that's, that's fine. But you know what I'm saying? It does slow <laughs> no, you down. I, you already did a bunch of yards. You go eat some huge lunch and then you, right. you go out there and it's just hard to have the same motivation well paul thank you for letting me host the the podcast this was my first uh hosting job here so i you know i don't know how it went we'll just let the audience decide that mr producer give us some good feedback maybe he might do a little more editing than normal yeah uh thank you jason again for you know let me collab with you i know when we started this i had no idea what it was gonna uh when we started this i had nine thousand instagram followers and i filmed jason mowing and it went viral. And now the time I'm making this, I have 75,000. But by the time you're listening, you know, hopefully I'm past 100,000. Yeah. So thank you for the excellent footage, man. I, 
it, it, it's crazy. Yeah. Well, we enjoy. We always have a good time, and then podcast is part. I think you just got all the different platforms. Some people want to watch videos, long videos, short videos. Some people want to listen to podcasts. So we, just, you know, whatever was their flavor. There you go. All right, guys. Thanks for listening. And uh, oh, you're the host, Jason. You you got to <laughs> land this land the plane. Thanks for listening, everybody. Please like, subscribe, follow. Hey, this is a top secret thing here. Paul gets on to me. I use a, a platform called Podbean, and uh, it's great. I don't need all this Spotify and Apple Music and all. But if you want to listen to us, that's fine. But whatever your platform is, please let us know how great we are and uh, keep listening to Paul. He's doing a great job. Thanks, Jason. Well, guys, that concludes our three-part series with Jason Creel as your host. I had a lot of fun hanging out at Jason's place. So basically what Jason and I did is we podcasted, we shot Instagram reels. We just had a good old time um, playing ping pong, basketball, uh, you know, going to Munoz. It's this uh, hole-in-the-wall Mexican restaurant. Uh, in uh, Trustville, Alabama. It's so good. Jason or uh, Jeremiah Jennings, you know about that. I've uh, eaten there with Jeremiah and Savannah. You know what's funny, Marty? I don't know if it's funny. Uh, Maybe it's insulting. Jason and I are out there working. We're mowing. uh, Jason's neighbor has uh, basically just, I don't know, eight, nine inch grass. So we're out there mowing it. And I'm uh, filming Jason mowing. And I hear, uh, you know, someone beeping their horn just very um, loud and um, frequent. It's just beep, 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 beep. So I turn around, I'm like, what in the world's going on? And it's a growing green box truck, <laughs> Jeremiah Jennings. <laughs> and he just drives by and beep it and wave it. And uh, he just drives on by. He doesn't even pull in the driveway and say, you know, say hi or anything. He just drives by. Never texted me, never called me after that. He must have been out there making money, man. I was like, Come on, Jeremiah, drive all the way to your city. You can't you can't pull in the driveway and uh shake my hand and say hello. He just he's he's big money, Marty. He just honked and waved, man. He was onto that side. I think he's doing a side job, rock job, something like that. I, I had texted him, say, Hey, I'm coming to town. And he he was like, Well, we're mowing, we're doing rock job, and he's he's out there getting it, man, making that money. So next time, Jeremiah, at least pull in the driveway and say hello, my man. Yeah, hey, that's right. I'll hopefully uh, Marty said, be careful what you ask for. <laughs> Jeremiah is trying to stay with me at the Equip Expo. He's trying to get that free hotel stay. Uh, yeah. Hey, can I stay in your room, man? So, uh, all right, all right, we'll, we'll leave that alone. Um, <laughs> moving right along, if you guys want to come to the Equip Exposition, I don't know how much I can help you on your hotel rate, and uh, they are high because uh, it's a supply and demand issue. So Louisville... Hotel owners, managers, they're smart. They know there's over 30,000 people coming to town for the Equip Expo. There's a limited amount of hotel rooms. Business 101, right? Econ 101, supply and demand. So so anyway, not getting into supply and demand. The hotel rates are, are truly expensive because there's not that many rooms. There's a whole bunch of people in town. Um, so uh, maybe a regular $99 a night hotel is $199 a night. So anyway, uh, get your hotel reserved. It is getting late in the game to be doing this, but try to find the best one that you can. Downtown, they got uh, the Galt House. They have Marriott. Uh, those are our two popular places. People stay. I have no idea if they have any availability. And then 
Um, you can't go wrong right around the Kentucky Exposition Center. Um, there's a, a bunch of hotels right there. If you look on the map that are basically right outside the parking lot of the Kentucky Exposition Center cluster hotels, all those are really good as well. And they're all filled up with uh, expo attendees. So um, anyway, get your hotel reserved, guys. If you wait any longer, they will all be booked out and you will have to stay, you know, probably somewhere over in Indiana. And you don't want to be driving 30 minutes to the show every day because you waited to get your hotel. In regards to the registration for the ticket, if you're listening to this before September 9th, you can register with their early bird registration, but that ends on September 9th. So prices will go up after September 9th. And then uh, the week of the show, prices, there, there's no there's no helping. It's just full price, 80 bucks the week of the show. So uh, to get the maximum savings, use promo code Paul guys when you check out, you'll get a 50% off your registration. And if you can double dip and get that early bird registration, you can actually get in for only 10 bucks because you'll if you use promo code Paul, you get 50% off and the tickets right now are only 20 bucks. So you can get in for 10 bucks, but come September 10th, tickets will go up to 40 bucks. And uh, you can still use promo code Paul and get it down to 20 bucks. But I'm all about saving as much, much money as possible. So uh, the best way you can do that, if you have not already registered for the Equip Expo, click on the link in today's show notes right now. Right now. Just go do it. It's like pulling the Band-Aid off, right? I, you don't want to take a slow, methodical pull. Now just rip that thing off. Get her done. Click on the link in the show notes. Register for Equip right now. Use promo code Paul and save yourself some money. We look forward to hopefully seeing you in Louisville, Kentucky for the largest trade show in our industry. <clears throat> Boy, I need a cough drops of water, Marty. <laughs> in our industry. There we go. <laughs> Used to be known as the GIE Plus Expo. It is now the Equip Exposition. Register today. See the link in today's show notes. Thanks for listening, guys. Please smash that follow button and catch you on tomorrow's episode of the Green Street Podcast. We might, we might have a big fish on the show tomorrow. I'm hoping... We're, we're, we're texting back and forth, but stay tuned. We might have a big, big, big fish on tomorrow's program. You don't want to miss it. This has been a Jameson Media and Mr. Producer production.